0: Hey there, welcome to the Pine Island Experience podcast. I'm Joanna Anderson with my husband, Trigvi. Each of our episodes will be conversations with fellow Pine Islanders.
1: The goal of our podcast is to share with you our experiences, what we have found to be fun, and what makes the Pine Island experience so unique.
2: and i realize is one of those fish hooks that some gentlemen wear on their hats and nancy's husband dana had one on his hat and everybody kept taking it from him saying hey i like that hook where can i get one or whatever and across the street jimmy frock had um, a place called seven seas that was destroyed in the hurricane and he used to sell them you know single whatever so he'd give them to somebody, a visitor, a friend, or whatever, and he'd go across the street and buy a new one for himself. Well, then it was Nancy's idea to, you know what? We should do something for the community. Let's do something for the school. Let's let's get together, form this group of girls at the time. And we're in Matlaché, this place. We started in Bert's Bar in Matlaché. Um, and let's call it the Matlaché Ha Ha Hookers. And we'll make that hook our logo and our pin. So if you look around the island, you'll see a lot of women wearing this pin, and some of them are adorned like mine like mine is, and some not. And the saying is, you can't swing a dead mullet around town without hitting a hooker.
0: The voice you heard was D.J. Russick, Madam President of the Matlaché Hookers, explaining how they came up with the organization's name. We sat down with Madam President D.J. and Julia Gaylor, Vice Madam, and learned about the wonderful organization. The Mantle Hookers are celebrating 25 years of service with a mission that has never changed, striving to make a positive difference in our community. And now, here are DJ and Julia. Well, thank you, DJ and Julia. You're, um, now, it's Madam or Madame? It's Madam. Madam President. No, not that
2: fancy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and yeah.
2: And Madam Vice. Yeah. Uh, and and former madam. Yes, Aunt I Julia. was going to say.
0: And you you were a former madam too, right? I, so yeah. you're like two times madam? Uh, three times. Three times. Oh, my. You must love it.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: but thank you for accepting our invitation. I was so happy. You answered me right away. Yeah, we're That's, delighted to be here. Good. I'm glad you're here. Well, we always start. Well, now you've been listening, so you know. We start in the beginning. We ask you about your personal selves. You know, you're you know where you're from. Uh, leading up, you know what what jobs you've done. Leading up to how you came to Pine Island. If you if you want to start.
2: Okay, um, I'm originally from Naperville, Illinois. I grew up there and married in 1988, and we moved to uh, Winter Springs, just outside of Orlando, and in. January of 1989, we came to Pine Island because my parents had a condo at Captain's Cove in Boquilio. And it was just like for a weekend, which became more weekends and three-day weekends and Mm -hmm. one week and two weeks. And then in, um, I want to say, 1997, we had found a lot to build on for retirement. And we were on, you know, at the condo on vacation. And we were ready to close on it and went for a walk and found the home where we live in now. And it was one of those conversations that was, why are we living where we're living when we always want to be here? So we bought our house, did a remodel, and I've been here since October 1999. Well, did you have a job at that time? I did. (laughs) Um, Fortunately, my husband had an opportunity to retire along that same timing, so he retired January 5th, 2000, and I was able to um, interview. I had to write a resume for the first time in, what, 20 years? (laughs) I hadn't done that in a long time because I'd been with a company and been able to transfer from Illinois to Florida and thought I'd be able to do the same thing, and they had recently just moved, and there just literally was not a position available. Mm -hmm. So I did interview, and I was fortunate to stay in my industry and work with a, a local at the time, a brokerage firm at Fort Myers. Oh, yeah. super! Great timing. Mm-hmm.
1: So, where's um, where's the town in Illinois I because we were, lived in the Chicago area for several years.
2: Naperville, it's about forty miles. Oh, west. Naperville. Yeah, oh, I forty miles so west you, yeah, we were Chicago.
1: Libertyville up on the north side. Oh,
2: sure. Well, I grew up there. In fact, um, I you know, I was the last class. My high school class was the last class to graduate from that town as one graduating class, okay. and when I Left for college in 1976, um, you know, the, the census still said we had 15,000 people, which obviously they only do a census every 10 years. And now they're the second largest city in the state of Illinois. And the one that's bigger is, well, Chicago. Right. Yeah. Because wow. they've annexed so much land. And I was all surrounded by farmland growing up, which doesn't exist anymore. Have you been back? To oh, see yeah. The change? I still have family and friends that live there. Yeah. So I go back. Not every year, but probably every other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I can get lost there now, too.
3: And how about you, Julia? I was born in Germany, but did not live there. My my mom moved me back, I guess, uh, before I was one. Mm -hmm. And so we're from, like, Ohio area. She's from Pennsylvania. My dad's got family from West Virginia. And then we moved down here when I was nine. So my mom and my stepdad and my sister, we moved down here. Um, we lived off Pondela. That was our first place. We went to Tropic Isles, which is a little school across from North Fort Myers High School. Mm-hmm. So I went there. I went to a couple other schools in Cape Coral before I ended up going to Pine Island Middle School um, in sixth grade. My parents moved us right off of, well, right now it would be behind Matlaché Isles. Um, they have that new the new park there, the Manatee Park, I think it is. Anyway, my house was across the street from there. And Hurricane Ian apparently knocked that down. They just had to tear it down. We found out. My sister was pretty devastated to find out that that was our house. We lived in through middle school and high school and stuff. Um, But we lived um, behind there, Malaché Isles, um, since I was 11. And I um, lived most of my time out here. I went away to school for a little while in Michigan, um, but came back, worked at the Waterfront restaurant out on the island um, when J.D. and Kristen owned it originally. Um, that was back in, I think, 99. And I worked for them until about 2009. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, I did everything. at, at the uh, I did, you know, front, back of the house, did the books, and then um, actually nannied for jd and Kristen for their twin boys which are now like the same age as my daughter and they're all like 22 (laughs) for twins a nanny for twins yes yeah oh it was you know i already had my daughter um and at that point i was like why not have three why not have four i don't know it's okay it's all the same it's more like wrangling you know little humans but um and i did that um till like i said 2009 um, I ended up working for Cambio Dermatology in 2010, um, loved that, uh, was a very great time in my life, I learned a lot of stuff about business, and just how to be in business as an, you know, like an executive person, and that was super important for my career, and they sold and to a corporate office in 2016, and I did that for a little while. Worked for them as a regional manager and developed more business stuff so that was important wow um, you worked your way up yeah and then I left there to work for a non-for-profit in 2019 after three years I just wanted to change directions a little bit um so I worked for a local non-for-profit called Samaritan Health and Wellness Center they're actually uh they do um a service over at the beacon of hope for people with no insurance and I think maybe low insurance or you know no or little insurance um primary care over there so I did that for a couple years but then my dad had some bad health issues that prevented him from living alone so I had to bring him down here and live um that was and then so I had to leave work at that time so I worked part-time for a little bit but now I'm Uh, just started full-time at working at Williamson Brothers Marine. And uh, my dad's going back to Ohio, (laughs) which is super exciting for me.
1: (laughs) So you got the West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania roads. How did they find Pine Island? So you said you moved down here.
3: So my mom and my stepdad, um, they found, my stepdad had been coming into the area uh, for years back in the seventies and had bought a lot and Cape Coral. And um, when him and my mom got together, they purchased another piece of property down here. Um, And his business um, ultimately brought him down here because they opened, they did, um, he was a like aerodynamic engineer and raced airplanes in Ohio and did that kind of stuff. And then down here, his company did more um, marine engines and things. So they built like mufflers for the offshore racers and stuff like that. So that's how we were able to come down here. And then we got to do a lot of cool stuff in the area because of the business side that they were in. Like we had a cottage out on Upper Captiva and I got to do that when I was little. That was was, like the best, even before we lived out on Pine Island. Mm -hmm. So then my parents ended up buying a lot on Pine Island and they lived behind the Catholic Church for a long time. Until my stepdad passed. And then my mom just couldn't stay there anymore. So she decided to sell. But I lived out here with my daughter. I mean, from the time that she was born until I didn't move. I moved out to North Cape in 2018.
0: Well, congratulations on your 25th anniversary. Do you believe it's the 25th anniversary already? You know, I do in a lot of
2: ways. if If you start really reminiscing. But... What's amazing to me is that we've been able to not survive 25 years. That's not what I would like to say, but but continue to grow over these years mm-hmm. and continue to change focus and yet keep some of the basics that have been with us since the very, very, very beginning. And, you know, our mission statement is to make a positive difference in our community. Mm-hmm. And we've never lost sight of that. We've never changed that. Um, we've changed focus, as I mentioned, but that comes with the times and that comes with being flexible and, and being able to do that. So many organizations stay with the focus that they initially intended to do, and it can get stagnant or the members lose interest over time, Mm -hmm. or they grow older and they leave and you end up with no one as membership. And yet our membership, Um, Continues to every year we have new members. This current year, it's been amazing since the hurricane. How many people have joined us, and it was really just because they were exposed to the good that we could do in the community.
0: Yeah, it was. I look at the list of everything you do, and it's like you. I mean, how can you do all this? And then there's things in here where, you know, it's something you do quarterly or something you do, you know, twice a year. Yeah, yeah. But then there's things that are just new or different or and what what do
2: you think your secret there's one thing that i think is very unique to the Matt Lachey hookers it is that if you join a lot of other nonprofits or other organizations and they're all great in in their own aspect um we're both julie and i are both members of other organizations and they're they're really focused so that's the what's in common Uh, just for example, the American Legion or the VFW, you know, they're veterans. Um, Just for an example, the Malaché hookers, it is strictly the desire to give back to the community and take care. And what I say is take care of what's in our own backyard Mm -hmm. and it to provide all aspects and to work in conjunction with other organizations is something we're well known for. And we help other organizations achieve their goals. And in turn, for the support that they offer us, we support them. Mm-hmm. So, And I mean that quite sincerely. Oh, if yeah, there's absolutely. a business, an organization that sponsors something for an event we're doing or, or donates a gift certificate, we go to those places, Mm -hmm. and we do business with those places, and we typically know the owners or at least the managers, and if not, we'll ask for a a manager when we're there, Mm -hmm. and just let them know, hey, thank you for your continued support, and that's why we're here today. Yeah. Another thing that's very unique about the Matlaché hookers is that we don't, and, and don't Please don't interpret this wrong. We don't care where you're from. Mm-hmm. We don't care what you did or what you do. We don't care how much money you have or don't have or if you live in a fancy home or live in a trailer. It doesn't make any difference. Right. What we care about is next month is an event and we need volunteers from <laughs> 11 a.m. until 4 o'clock to pour beer and can you do 11 to 1 or can you do noon to 2? You know, mm-hmm. what's going to work for you? Yeah. And so you're working shoulder to shoulder with people um, who you have nothing else in common except that you're a woman and you mm-hmm. want to give back to the community and help raise money for whatever the cause is at the hour. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of members, and this is how it started when Nancy Goodwin, who's the founder, started this. There were service workers on the island, in Matt and on the island. Okay. They were the bartenders. They were the servers. They were the people who cleaned the, the cottages and the cabins from when tourists were here vacationing. This is what they did. Um, they, they, are, they were the people who helped with the lawn care service and, and this and that. Um, and now, over time, a lot of professionals have joined, um, whether they're still working like myself or whether they're retired and they do bring things to the table that are of value. Everyone brings something of value, their experience, their knowledge, their willingness to set aside, you know, any type of grievances or um, what do I want to call it? It's like, there's no one-upmanship in this organization. No, no. You will find little clicks, but the Mm -hmm. clicks are more because these, some of these girls only see each other once a month. And that's about the only click that there is. Or maybe <laughs> they they all play mahjong once a week or once a month or go to the pool twice a week. That's what they have in common outside. Or they, of they play the dominoes. Shoppers. They have some ladies <laughs> that play okay. dominoes. Now, there's bonding like that. <laughs> yeah. But in when it comes to getting a project done, everybody's on the same field, the playing field. And people step up from time to time. We don't just have one or two leaders we have a lot of leaders who are willing to take a piece of the the puzzle if you will or a piece of the event and own it and you know make it their make own make it happen make it their own we give them guidance on how we did it in the past mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it has to be done that same way in a lot of aspects we go from point A to point B, and we don't care if you took the high road or the low road. Oh, nice! It's just this is our goal, and if you find a better way to do it than we've done in the past, oh my gosh, let keep us know. To yourself, yeah. yeah.
0: I noticed on that is it the stuff the bus on Saturday? Yeah, it's two co chairs. It's not you guys. It's it's two other people.
2: Yeah, you know, and businesses. they're running yeah, with it's it. Stuff yeah. the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's yeah, a trailer, that's okay. not a bus. That's okay. I'm thinking of school kids. Yep. And uh, that should be a lot of fun. We added one aspect to it this year of we're doing a Mm 50/50 an island wide. So every stop that we make, we'll be doing a 50/50 as well. And how that helps, though, this is all for school supplies for Pied Island Elementary. But how it helps is through, of course, we received a list of things that they requested Mm -hmm. to be donated. But if there's any shortfall in certain areas, we can pick up that slack with the 50/50. Yeah. And in addition to that, when whatever whatever we raise goes to the school and they can keep it in a sort of a, a funding account where if they run out of certain school supplies that they can purchase it with those dollars. We've been doing that almost since we first started. I bet this is probably our 23rd. Yeah, it said in year. the paper it was the 23rd. I 23rd. Thought,
0: yeah.
2: OK, well, that would yeah, make
0: sense. As long mm-hmm. as you've been
2: around, you know. Yeah. Our first project and this is before my time, I'm not one of the originals, was to do a, a car wash and then the original Pine Island Fishing Tournament and Derby, yes. Pine Island Elementary, excuse me, Fishing Tournament and Derby, uh, and it was to raise money for their Accelerating Breeding Program. Um, it was Nancy's mm-hmm. idea, and she had gone to Pine Island Elementary and visit, as a visitor, met with the principal, who I believe was Tommy Thompson. and Unfortunately, we've lost him over the years. But um, just where, you know, if we do something for you, where do you need it? And he explained what they were trying to do, went to what is their library, and there was one bookcase and one bookcase, period, of mm-hmm. books for the entire school. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so that was our first focus and remained, uh, still to this day, remains uh, the first thing that we ask every year when we do this is, how much do you need for books this year? And we try to, you know, take care of that every single year. And we've built that library, to be honest. Mm -hmm. We're obviously not the only ones now who continue to support the school but we've expanded it greatly by helping the teachers. Yeah, we implemented teacher grants at one
3: point where the funds that were raised from the fishing tournament and the derby, we would set aside a certain portion of that and then allow the teachers to write in what they needed for the classroom specifically. So that was really cool because it got them involved and... Um, You know, they were able to purchase things for their classrooms and it could be anything from like bus rides for um, field trips and stuff. And we've gotten some amazing thank yous from the kids, too, because they'll put them together with, you know, like some of the kids they had taken um, a field trip into town. And it was the first time they'd ever been over, they were ever over one of the big bridges. Oh, wow. <laughs> the kids hadn't even left the island. They had no idea. So it was pretty amazing for them. And just to go out and have those experiences that they wouldn't normally be able to have and to be able to contribute to that is like, that's why we do what we do. Right. And I think the one other thing I wanted to definitely make sure that people understand is we don't raise money for ourselves. There's no income that goes to, we don't do, we don't fund anything for ourselves. We don't have a location. We we have very little overhead and that's covered by um, membership dues, you know, our, our, some of the merchandise that we sell. And also we take a little percentage of our proceeds um, to cover from the different events that we do to cover like our liability and policies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's really the only money, and we've gotten large donations from other groups, um, like the Mariners. When they um, split up, they donated the rest of their funds to us, and you know we've used that to have a scholarship in their, you know, in their name every year since that happened, and um, do you know utilize their funds, you know, the best way that we can, obviously.
2: Part of the money is from the PIE tournament. Also, we set aside $5000 and at the beginning of each semester we give $2500 to the teachers to divide among themselves to defray their out of pocket costs yeah. right. and most recently and I I can't I can't tell you how tickled I am that this has been so well received is we donated enough money for them to kick off their STEM steam program and, in, you know, STEM, of course, is science, technology, electronics, and mathematics, and the A and STEAM is for the arts. And so the kindergartners and the first graders are in the STEAM program focusing on the arts. And then all the other grades are in the STEM program. They've launched rockets. They're growing marine life. I mean, it's amazing what they're doing with mm-hmm. this. And any other school in Lee County have, I should say, the the other schools in Lee County have children focused in these programs, but they participate maybe once or twice a month. Our students, they're in that lab every week.
1: I think we skipped over this: the derivation of the name oh, back when it got saw. started.
2: So we missed a question. So, <laughs> so what you see? Fish I realize, <laughs> Yep, it is we one of those questions. fish hooks that some gentlemen wear on their hats, and Nancy's husband Dana had one on his hat, and everybody kept taking it from him, saying, "Hey, I like that hook. Where can I get one, or whatever?" And across the street, Jimmy Frock had um, a place called Seven Seas that was destroyed in the hurricane, and he used to sell them, you know, single, whatever. So he'd give them to somebody, a visitor, a friend, or whatever, and he'd go across the street and buy a new one for himself. Well, then it was Nancy's idea to, you know what, we should do something for the community. Let's do something for the school. Let's let's get together, form this group of girls at the time. And we're in Matlache, this place we started in Berth's Bar in Matlache. Um and let's call it the Matlache Ha ha hookers and we'll (laughs) make that hook our logo (laughs) and our pin. So if you look around the island, you'll see a lot of women wearing this pin and some of them are adorned like mine like mine is, or some not. And the saying is, you can't swing a dead mullet around town without hitting a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be a matlache hooker, and don't get us confused with the run of the bill girls. Yeah, and how I discovered it, was we were down here on vacation. Uh, we started in 1998, in the fall of 1998, and we were on vacation, and we would frequent Burt's Bar at least once during a week's vacation. And, you know, play pool and everything. And they had a little marquee that had a a running message. And it said, Matt Lachey Hooker's meeting Tuesday at (laughs) like 630. And it was like, what is that? (laughs) And then we started reading The Eagle and learned about the organization. And I joined um, in 2000, in July of 2000 at Mangomania. I joined in October of 2015
3: at the captain's meeting. Mm-hmm. for a fishing tournament. Wow. I happened to be at Bird's Bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at The Bird's Redfish Challenge, helping my friend with that. And we decided to go over. DJ had come over to shake us down for uh-huh. uh, fishing people. And we went over there and decided to enter a boat. And we ended up fishing in the tournament that that year. And that was my, f- not my first introduction with the Malachi Hookers because when I worked at the Waterfront Restaurant, one of our fundraisers that we do is Christmas caroling. Mm-hmm. And every single year they would come in and we loved it. And all the people would get such a big kick out of it. Of course, you're introducing them as the Matt Lachey hookers. And everyone's getting a big hoot out of it and everything. And everyone's dressed up all mm-hmm. crazy. Um, Deb with her flamingo outfit on. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just too funny. Nancy be wearing, you know, look dressed as an elf and then DJ. And of course they'd have some guy dressed as Santa in tow and Sammy
2: was dressed as <laughs> this tree one year you
3: know mm-hmm. so and that's where I got to know them and you know and then my child fished in every single fishing tournament mm-hmm. um she has won trophies and did all kinds of stuff and when I worked at the waterfront uh, JD actually volunteered and provided the food for it so there was a lot of intermingling and over the years that and I knew about the organization and um, I had actually started volunteering with FISH, which is another organization on the Island. Fellow Islanders sending help for any of you out there that know that. They do the school clothes for school kids clothing drive and that's became like my big interest and I just love that whole thing that they were doing, the whole concept behind it, you know, so kids have something, you know, new to wear for school and, you know, because it is really important for them guys and, So I loved that whole thing and I loved volunteering doing that. And over the years, as my child was getting older, we lived here on Pine Island and she went to the elementary school and, you know, I was a single mom and times were tough sometimes. And, you know, a lot of people don't ask for help, but thankfully there's the help out there Mm -hmm. that helps you whether you want it or not. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean that like, I would never ask for help And I always got it. Mm -hmm. Um, They always made sure that my daughter was on the list. And I just appreciated it a lot. And and that's one of the reasons why I volunteer so much for the hookers. Because I just feel like, you know, they were there. Or, you know, the community was here for me when I needed help. And I just want to be that light in somebody else's
2: day. It's special. And that's a good point. Um, I know I mentioned we do work with other organizations, but we even get down to the point where our outreach program, uh, our specific outreach program, when we receive a request, we're not always the best organization to help the particular individual. And we're so well networked here. Yeah. With organizations like FISH, the Beacon of Hope, the, the Legion, the V, the Moose, the Elks, I, the Kiwanis, you name it, mm-hmm. um, where we have all developed our, if you will, our special gifts or our, our the efforts that we can help with. And we communicate with the, the other groups and find out um, if we're not, who is one. And two, we also try to help people help themselves. So we're very aware that on occasion, there may be an individual or a family who reaches out to all of them for help. And we try to make sure that it's it's actually somewhat equitable, so that whoever does help them in the community, if they can't do it 100% or it's you know that other organizations may be able to step in and help, so they are made a hundred percent in whatever their request is. And by the same token, it's like okay, you've been helped. It's time for you to help yourself.
3: Yeah, okay. it's right. not a band aid, yeah, and that's not, been the whole right. thing. We've definitely worked with like the Beacon of Hope and Fish are the same way, and we want to get a hand up rather than, than a hand, hand out. Right. And they have to be able to sustain themselves if you're going to help them with, you know, some of their utilities and stuff. It doesn't make any sense if we're going to pay this bill for you next month and you're going to be in the exact same position.
2: Right. Yeah, or if they're going to go to another organization yeah. and ask for that and then another one. In it. Yeah. So we, we that's one of the reasons why we... um Coordinate. Yeah, coordinated <laughs> mm-hmm. that with the other organizations. So.
3: Well, what we always tell people, you know, first of all, you it's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be a mess. You're going to have there are going to be things that go wrong in an event. And and I, when I first started, I was neurotic. And DJ and everybody would be like, it's fine, it's going to be fine. It's going to work out in the end. doesn't matter what it was. And I'm like, freaking out. Oh, I'm going to have the panic attack any minute. Nah, that's fine. It's going to be fine. It's okay. It's all going to work out in the end. And it always does. Yeah. But you don't feel like that. No. But once you adopt that kind of, mentality and you're like or when you're seasoned enough and you've done a few you know fundraisers where you've been in charge you're just like mm, yeah yeah that's gonna happen or that happened it's okay we'll be all fine so just roll with it right things have changed like the whole planning of we were right before the hurricane i mean we were oh, oh. right there because we were supposed to be having our fishing tournament november 7th mm-hmm. Ooh. And so by the 28th of September, let me tell you, we were in the final stages of planning, lots of things in motion, and you know how they said that move just, the date then. we did. <laughs> yes, okay. we, just, we had a <laughs> and we had merchandise though that all had the November 7th date on it, and had tons of businesses that are no longer even in business right now. Right. So I was like, the tournament, that never was. But then we were able to pull off the derby portion. Because mm-hmm. really, to all of us, that was like the, the main thing is, you know, making sure that we um, got to do something with the kids. Because, you know, they it's hard enough on adults. We know how we've been. And I just, you know, the, the they, kids need all the help they can get. And that's so. a full day event. I
1: saw was. the agenda.
0: You know, you've got nine o'clock. This, yeah. Ten o'clock. We're doing and then these, our timeline. Yeah. No, but it's, it's a little very well organized and it's all day. Mm-hmm. It yeah.
3: Very impressive. You can't.
0: You can't skip
3: that. We had a really great time. It was really good. It worked out. Thank goodness we were able to do where it was. Thank goodness we had people right there that lived down there that volunteered their golf carts to like help people get back and forth because we were technically one mile <laughs> distance between the two locations. And so, and and it's so amazing because everybody in the community just gets behind our events and helps us and contributes to, you know, what we're doing. And, and that really is what makes it even more special. Mm-hmm. It's not just what the hookers do or what we bring to the table. It's what all of the people in the community also support us and and they allow us to do that. I mean, we wouldn't be anywhere without the support of the community. Because yeah. where the heck are we getting all the funds from? Right. The community, everybody out there shaking them down. But yeah. you know, they obviously, say yes to you. Yeah. You know. so
2: it's hard. I mean, you know, we know how to even if they say money. no, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, next time, funny. yeah. It, and it happens where maybe more than one person asks the business and. And frankly, we don't get the attitude from the business or the response. Typically, you know, you guys already asked us this; we already donated. We don't get that type of response because the person who, the second person who's asking, didn't know someone else did. Yeah. They just say, "Okay, well, I just wanted to make sure that that you were aware and you were Mm -hmm. participating because I know you really, you know, were grateful for your ongoing support, Mm -hmm. and we remember to say thank you." Yeah.
1: Over and with all these different initiatives and stuff like that, are you able to talk about the the total donations that you're making back to the community? Because there's a lot of wonderful things going on and, you know, helping up, not helping out. But, you know, the books aren't cheap, right? You know, with a school initiative and these kinds of things. So, you know, just to give people an idea, I don't think we're talking about, you know, two, three hundred dollars here or there. It looks like it's a significant amount of money that's being used to enhance the community or help the community.
2: Oh, yes.
3: Yeah, I mean yeah. last so pro- if you went by well, aside from hurricane stuff, yeah. I, I, take just take that uh the equation completely. Um I think last year, I mean we got derailed with the derby, but we gave out $24,000 in scholarships. We I think we did did 12 or 15 the year before from the Derby to the school, uh, I think 12 or 13. You're going to help senior services. Yeah, there been been, I mean, there's, them. so probably on a, a typical year, mm-hmm. we're easily donating $100,000 back into the community that we raise. I think between
2: everything, the 50-50, the outreach, the actual focused, well, the focused um, events that we do, um, It wouldn't surprise me. Even the support of the food pantry.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And those little
3: things that we do, you know, all throughout the year. And with the hurricane relief, we were just, you know, kind of onboarded with uh, a GoFundMe that was created by somebody else. And they were just looking for somebody to you know, handle it. And with that, and then just what we were able to raise outside of the GoFundMe, it was like $350,000. Mm-hmm. Well, you all were right there with
0: the hurricane. Yeah. I mean, we were, uh, you could see that, that the um, generators, oh my goodness. Yeah. The generators that you gave to people. And we didn't even purchase those. Oh, we just helped goodness. coordinate. And, and you brought the gas. Yes. The boats. And mm-hmm. then you raised money for more gas to pay the the captains, yeah, to bring it here.
3: Oh, it was a, it was a, a, a very intense uh, month of October. I'm not gonna lie, and that really, that just came like we knew, like everybody was out here, but I was in the Cape, in North Cape, and we didn't have that much damage, but I didn't, I knew how long and how intense the storm was, and I was scared to death. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there were so many people out here that I love that stayed out here. And when DJ got a hold of me and I got a hold of a couple other people and I was like, tell me what you need and where we can pull it in at and let's Mm -hmm. do this. And then we have things to do on Pine Island. Um, they were instrumental in oh, helping us like get information Kevin was out yes yeah. of information. Yeah. Kevin He's and the Jen, they out. are the ones no. that run that together and without the use of being able to text each other and that, I mean, I was coordinating with Jimmy Williamson, who was mm-hmm. running the barge, and Gasper. somebody else had actually already acquired the gas and was getting it out there. and I was like, let me, you know, like let us pay for it.' We're, you know, we're raising money right now. Let's, you know, out whatever they need, let's do this. And um, but it was like, what what do we purchase? What do we buy? Like what how are we gonna
2: help people? And it was just coordinating donations. Yeah, that was a perfect example too of how you've got to switch gears. Mm-hmm. Because right in the beginning, before the road was there, there was so much urgency for water and water gas. and gas. I mean, that was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Perhaps a little bit of medical to make sure, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. people had true shelter and things well, like that. Well,
0: thank you for the ice because yeah. we got the, the ice, ice to the American Legion yeah, and yeah. that's where we got. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have a generator. We didn't need mm-hmm. it. It was warm enough, you know, but um, we
1: but we would just Warm go, enough. It was hot. I mean, well, cool yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. Cook,
0: it was warm enough that we didn't really need anything. It wasn't like it was the middle, you know, in a cold snack yeah. or anything, you know, and we could take cold showers and it felt
2: great. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's like when the road went back, when the road was in, we uh, distributed the last of the gas that had been purchased and we stopped that. Then it was just, okay, what's the next focus?
3: Yeah, we, we, so there was a few moving things and I worked with multiple people and local businesses on the island and we coordinated some like housing sweep out of the, like the very first days before the road was in. But We just worked with everybody. I mean, every and just trying to reach out to everybody that's here and actually helping and trying to like weed through who was really trying to help and mm-hmm. who wasn't. And you know, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know how we did it, any of it. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know. We just, I, you know, I was coordinating with some people and they're like, hey, we need to do this, this, and this, and I was like, perfect. I've got this, this, and this, and let's just, you know you know, figure out where our drop spots were going to be, who was on the island to be able to receive those things, you know, and then people were coming to us for, what do we do? What do what we, where do we put this stuff? Where are we going to bring it to? Who needs it? And it was just a lot of texting and phone calls and people who wanted to bring food out here, hot food and make it and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're reaching out through us too and through things to do on Pine Island, so... Thank goodness for social media and cell phones. That's oh, like, that otherwise, it would, there would have been nothing. I literally had to sit on my back porch, though, to get a signal. I just had to sit there for two weeks. Well, I remember there's a
0: nice lady in the neighborhood. I was walking the dog, and she said, Do you know if, the, if we can drink the water? You know how we were always losing water, and then you'd have to wait yeah. forever. And <clears> Yeah, right at the top of the Facebook page, Kevin. It, it has right in. You know, I'm thinking, no, not everybody knows to go yeah. to the Facebook, but it was there. All the information was he he put the stuff at the top mm-hmm. and then the recent stuff were the posts. Yeah. It was so well done. Yeah. And if you did access it, you were getting the correct information, not the rumors. We
3: did, that was a lot of work yeah. involved in that, too. A lot of, we had to do a lot of research and touch base with literally all of the organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a girl helping us and we, that's how we created the resource guide. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And then we were trying to like, just help. Then come to find out, the Matt Lachey Fire Department had like their own notification system. I was like, why were we in it? Why did we not push this out harder? Mm-hmm. So now, you know, that's something that everybody can be involved with, and you can get text messages to your phone about where the, you know, so the GPIA, which is the Greater Pine Island Alliance, which is the new non-for-profit that is stemmed from the hurricane relief. um, They're working with the water board and with the water board and the Malachie Fire Department. And so we're trying to determine local spots where that is where you'll go and get Um, your necessities if you need it. And then everybody will know in advance. And so that's one of the other things that we're going to hopefully be doing soon is coming out with hurricane survival prep kits. The communication was just so not available. And it it was very frustrating. We were trying to pay the Eagle to let us, you know, get deliveries out because we couldn't figure out. We we were going to go through a realtor because they could uh, access all the mailing uh, labels, but come to find out, that's not even ac- very helpful or accurate. Just no. literally driving around would be the only way to yeah. get a- in touch with half the people that were out there. That also, there's no hurricanes for two years. I'm predicting that. So oh, thank you for the you're welcome. You're you yeah.
1: pessimistic. I'm going five or 6
3: I'm, oh yeah. I'm I'm being realistic. Um, but two years, nothing. Shh. Okay. You need time. Not even to plan. a plan. Sh- plan
2: for the next one so at least two years
3: before Mm. it happens
2: you know so the weeks went on after the hurricane i have to also get back to talking about our membership Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and this has happened on not just this hurricane it happened with hurricane charlie in 2004 there were these little pods these little groups of women who live close to each other that they just instinctively like one person Drove over or walked over to someone else they know or neighbors. Checking on the them, yeah. And it was like, "Are you okay? What do you need today, right now?" Mm-hmm. And then it's like, "Okay, come with me. Let's go down and let's see what we can find." And just kept and then those built to the point where it's like now there's groups of fifteen and twenty where they could focus on one place and maybe help one family or one person. To get to the point where they'd be okay, and then move along to the next one, or one of their own, mm-hmm. and then when the when the groups got to be like 30, let's split it down the middle, 15 go this way, 15 go that way, canvassing door to door, I mean, we did all of that, and then talking about what you need in recovery, and let's get high level, like um, what what's really going on on the island. One of our girls had a connection with CNN. So she called CNN, who I got a call from, by the way, last week on something else. So they are staying in touch with the island, and it was about recovery. But, you know, just called them and say, you really need to know what's going on here. They put somebody on a boat and brought them out to the island before the road was built and was doing live feed. Oh, yeah, with Joanne. Yeah, with Joanne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then... There was another situation where I was trying to find FEMA, and there were, you know, oh, you just go here, you go here, you go here. You couldn't find them. So I went to the fire department because I figured they'd know. And I went in, and they said, you know, like I was talking to a deputy, he said, come with me. And he took me inside and showed me the whiteboard that had two addresses written on it. One was in North Fort Myers, and the other one was down south over by Health Park. And I looked at those addresses, and the road was already built, and this is a few weeks after the storm, and I just started crying because I was so angry. I'm sorry, that's what happens when I get angry, so frustrated. I said, you expect people who have just lost their homes, their jobs, and their vehicles right. to try to find a way to get 20 miles from here to North Fort Myers or 30 miles to South Fort Myers to get help? And they just looked at me and I, you know, said something, I'm sure, very political at the time. (laughs) (laughs) The government or those that lead it. Um, Talking high level again. (laughs) Um, But I'll be darned. I'm telling this story to another member and we're driving to go help somebody or canvas door to door. And she says, well, hold on. She gets on her phone and texts, and then her a friend of hers calls, who happens to work at FEMA. She goes, let me let me tell you this little story that's going on. I'll be darned, less than a week, we had FEMA on the island. Mm-hmm. Six days a week yeah. at yeah. the library. Yeah. So oh, it's uh, amazing the type I don't know of how that hasn't come out. that our group has right. that far outreach just what's in our little corner of the world and can help our little corner of the world. Mm-hmm. And we see that with donations too. Mm-hmm. It's like all of a sudden, well, we receive a donation of what $4,000 and it just happens to be a member who reached back out to her company. Yeah. That
3: or was just they in the last other two members were talking to their friends up north about us and they mm-hmm. felt compelled to, you know, donate to us. There was or... a
2: fundraiser in Massachusetts. Yeah. Really? At There's... the American Legion in a town in Massachusetts by a group of people who follow a musician on Pine Island and Rudy. they vacation down here? Yeah, I think it was Rudy Cox. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was yeah. Rudy Cox's friends. Yeah, so and a few of them like $4, that. $4, yeah. well,
3: we had the Pine Island Prospect. They started a fundraiser at some point yeah. and donated like three thousand five hundred dollars to us for hurricane relief and stuff.
0: Yeah, I think I was telling you this on our, one of our phone calls about um, Sarah um, Brinks. She had somehow saved some of her, her, her vanilla and chocolate um, frozen yogurt because she had a full house generator. And some people in Tampa were so happy the hurricane hadn't gone there. Mm-hmm. They got a hold of her and started a GoFundMe and sent her, you know, gave her the ability to start serving breakfast and take uh, um, yogurt out to the frozen yogurt out to the first responders. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was people that was happy it didn't happen to them. Yeah. It's just connections. It's amazing.
2: Our membership at this time is uh, about half the members live off the island, actually. They live in the Cape or North Mm -hmm. Fort Myers or even Fort Myers. Oh, really? Um, um, Yeah, even Pontagorda, all over. Out of state.
1: You know, and there's a large
2: number of them who are snowbirds. And then over the years, I can tell you we have had countless members who were visiting Pine Island, whether it was seasonal or for a week or two, and they just heard about what we did, or they happened to be in town when we were at a event birth. or hosting an event, and they're like, hey, I have to join this organization so I can go home and tell all my friends I'm now a hooker, Yeah, and they still kept <laughs> their dues up. They pay their dues every year, even if they only come back once a year or yeah. if they don't come back at all, just to sort of keep up with this right. little piece of paradise that they discovered. And that's unique. And at one time, we had members who lived overseas that were here seasonally from Germany and England and Canada, of course, we have members. Mm -hmm. So we're not quite in every 50 (laughs) states, but, uh, you know, give us a minute.
1: (laughs) So you've talked a lot about membership. How does somebody join? I mean, obviously, word of mouth is strong, and you have, sure, a a good membership we talked about, but is there a Process a phone number. How does somebody that finds out about this? Well,
3: through the website, mm-hmm. there's a uh, membership area where you okay. can download the web, um the application. You can pay through our website on our PayPal or mail a check into our PO box, which is at in Matt Lachey PO Box one 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 Matt <laughs> <laughs> zip code three three nine nine three. And um, you know, a lot of people come to our meetings uh, since. Uh, the hurricane and with you know the big dose of Matt Lachey hookers all over the social media, I started putting you know at kind of digital ad out you know letting people know when our uh, meetings were going to be in case people wanted to come and join. And there in November, I it was November for it had to have been. <laughs> what am I saying November was our first meeting? Do we have a meeting in November or is it December? Oh geez. I. I think it's November. I think it was, it was November. We actually had our first meeting in November. Wow. We had, I think we had like 80 ladies show up. Oh, and no. then December, January, February, we, you know, just this enormous amount. Every of, month. Yes, yes. New member. Half the membership right now are new member, first time members. Um, wow. Our dues have always been $20 a year. Dues are yeah. due in October. Yep. We um, start renewing in August for the next year and we do yeah. our our board voting um, for the new year in November. So but they can reach out through the website and they can come to our meetings. And anywhere we sell merchandise, we always have applications okay. for people. Yeah. Now, where do you meet now? I know it started out in birds,
2: right? Well, we don't have a place. And okay. Yeah, we, we don't have, have a, a place. Yeah. yeah. So we've been at the Legion. In the past, we've met at the Moose. You know, the Elks, of course, hosted us a long time ago at the V. We meet in bars and restaurants, and we've lost a lot of those. So we're sort of at the mercy of who can hold our membership. Mm -hmm. And as Julia was saying, I mean, there was a time when our membership, in, in the month of March, it wouldn't be unusual. And I am going back years. It wouldn't be unusual for us to have 100 to 120 people at a monthly meeting, especially yeah. in the month of March, because we had so many seasonal people. And then it. That was when we were at Sandy straight. Hook. Yeah, COVID, we really lost not, a lot can't. of members because we you didn't can't. meet you for months. Remember. And when we started meeting again, um you know, it would be like. If, 20 and 30 and 40 and now we're back up to i'd say when it was season we were pushing 80 yeah Mm -hmm. and now at this time of year i'd say we're right around 45 yeah Yeah, right around there which is still can you think of any other organization that has let's say 45 50 people or more that will go to a meeting every single month or every other month yeah
1: so. Well, in this time of year, I mean, most neighborhoods are eighty to ninety percent empty. But yeah. it seems yeah. like many. I don't know about them all, obviously. But so then to even get that level of participation in the, you know, the downtime, the non-season portion of the year.
3: I wish it was downtime. It always feels like <laughs> we're busy.
1: Well, I mean, with all you guys do, there's no real downtime. I think that's the myth. No, of so I mean, many. we have
3: like usually we don't have like big. The hurricane has been like one giant ongoing <laughs> fundraiser for me and we're actually getting ready to we just awarded um, twenty four thousand dollars in grants to small businesses on yeah. the island That was ready new. for round two and we're getting ready to do round two. Wow so we're just we're getting I mean obviously I'm apparently I'm announcing it here, but um where round two will be for another um ten local businesses. The only thing that we're removing. Um, is the <clears throat> criteria that you had to be open one year prior to Hurricane Ian. Okay. So we removed that. It's just currently open and operating on the greater Pine Island area or Malachae. Malachae is included, obviously. Um, and so 10 businesses. And then we've also opened it up to five non-for-profits to be able to you know, write a grant to us for, and then that would be for three thousand. And the non <clears throat> cannot be government. Yeah, national. Yeah, national. Or government state. funded in
2: any way by okay. national or state. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. So, like, no. Uh, you know, Beacon of Hope would be out because they're United, United Way. way the Kiwanis, Elks. Um, you know, they all have national and state funding yes. from mm-hmm. their organizations, but it would be more of the you know homegrown organizations that don't have the like backing. Fish. Fish, um, like even PICC, the community church, they're not funded or you know associated with anybody. So there's other uh, you know local organizations, and we want to be able to. We we think we use the bulk of the money. You know, we I think we put back out two hundred thousand dollars, with you know by March, to you know everything that we were doing with the building supplies, the gas, the honey wagon services, we had free transportation you know we paid for the you know building of the the website for the resource guide that people mm-hmm. you know at the time really really needed you I know so it. it was nice to be able to do that and help those residents and then it's like okay what do we do now you know we felt bad about not being able to help businesses we just didn't know how right. to do that and how to get money out and so things progressed and we talked to some other members and about grants and uh Lori Tidwell is also a previous madam and she was very helpful with me in helping develop the grant and the criteria and how we were going to set it up and everything um so that was nice and it's nice to be able to help not just the residents but you know mom and pop businesses here on the island um you know that had an interruption in business, you know, whether it was two weeks, six months, you know, everyone's been devastated in some sense of the way. Yeah. And I, I, you know, we want to be able to help them. And so we're really excited to be able to, you know, give this back to the community and and to these businesses that always support us and have helped the community. There's a lot of businesses. I've done a lot of stuff for the island and we always appreciated like with Lisa and the old fish house, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and even after the hurricane, everything that they did, mm-hmm. you know, we, we couldn't have been more happy to give them money, mm-hmm. you know, at those and the last grant round. So. And then you're doing round two. Yeah. And then we're going to do round two. That's very so that's good gonna, I think that's a total of 35,000. Yeah. We're going to be putting back out. So.
0: Very nice. It's nice to be and able to do a that. Donate button on your website. Yes. It's there. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah PayPal. You can drop down and use whatever, whatever. Donate to whatever specific area that we fund. Mm-hmm. So not just hurricane. We don't really want to fundraise for hurricane anymore. Relief. No more. We want to. Uh, d- no. I don't want to fundraise supplies. for supplies. We're wrapping up our yep. school supplies. Yeah, school supplies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
0: noticed you could donate and pick the drop down school supplies. Yep. If you didn't want, mm-hmm. you don't. If you're not going to run out and find you guys on that on your journey on
3: Saturday yes and we do get a lot of donations from people they mail them in because they know that they were doing this um so that's that's awesome too Mm -hmm. to get that in the mail you know not everybody can go pick up a bunch of pencils and stuff like that but
0: well we could keep going yeah but you know ask about your vacations but you know I I, you don't seem like you're going to take vacations are you you're gonna i have tomorrow off. <gasps> <Do ya? laughs> I today, off too. I today but there you go there you go mm-hmm. but thank you so much this was enjoyable i knew it would be good um i'm just blown away by everything that you do and and, and you guys are, it's a great organization and thank you for sharing that thank you
2: yeah. our website by the way is www.matlashayhookers.org And you can always communicate to us through the website or simply email Hookers at Yep. Great name. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you both. And, um,
2: you know, it it is a great island. It is a small town. It is a community. And we're glad to be a part of it. Um, Fantastic people. Fantastic lifestyle. And... We want to Sheldon keep won. making a positive difference in our community. You are
3: I, taking I love care that. of us our own backyard. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is my hometown. So, I mean, that's what I call it. So I will love this place, whether I live on it or not.
1: We hope you enjoyed our Pine Island Experience podcast. If you have any ideas for us, people to interview, or any comments, please feel free to email them to us at pineislandexperience at gmail.com. That's pineislandexperience.com all one word at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us and you may subscribe to this podcast using all the major catchers like Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. And remember, island life is a constant vacation. We'll see you on the next podcast.